You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session Podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's give it a jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. If you're listening for the first time, my name is Rob Fonte. I'm a leadership development consultant and coach with more than 20 years experience in leading teams. For more information about me or how you can subscribe to the show, please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com. Now enough about me. Today's show will consist of a panel discussion on how to successfully onboard a new employee in a virtual environment. This is a topic that consistently comes up in my workshops as one of the top challenges for managers who are onboarding new employees virtually. So I thought it'd be a great idea to bring on a couple of managers who recently onboarded new employees. My first guest is James Christie. James is currently a director of a training group within the healthcare industry who also has extensive background in leading marketing teams over the years. My second guest is Ramon Ritchie, who is currently an HR business partner working in the security industry, but also has an extensive training background as well. Ramon also has worked in a variety of other industries over the years. James, Ramon, welcome to the Jam Session. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Rob. All right. Well, this is an important topic. So uh, are you guys ready to jam? We're ready. ready. All right. I'm sure you guys will agree, right? That hiring new employees is one of the hardest and most important responsibilities that a manager has. It's a huge investment to the organization and to our teams. And just like any other investment, we need to make sure we position our new hires with the best possible chance to succeed and grow. And that process begins within the first few days of onboarding a new employee. So my first question is, how do you approach onboarding a new employee? So James, why don't we start with you? The first thing I like to do is just take a step back and really think about you know, what is the first experience that we want our new employees to have. I know we all have like a series of onboarding checklist items that we have to punch through, and sometimes we're eager to get right to that. But I really want to think about what are the things that as a new employee, I would like to know and how do I want to feel walking out of those first couple of days with my new manager? So I, I generally like to start there and then reverse engineer into it. I, I think within any company, you probably have some kind of company orientation if you're new to the organization. Uh, if you're not new and maybe you're transferring within departments, you're coming in and uh, you're going to be learning much more about a new department for your new role. So my approach there is I generally like to put together a presentation that covers a wide range of topics whether it's the mission and the vision of the organization or the organization's values, the org structure, the types of stakeholders you may be engaging in your new role and what their roles are. And then of course, you know, what the responsibility of you as this new employee is, right? Because you, you've got a new job and you clearly want to know what is the expectation of you and, you know, or what am I to be doing in this new role? So we try our best really to package that. And um, I know you said, what do you do in the first few days? And I, I think sometimes our onboarding process takes much longer than that. There's a lot to do in those first couple of days because you want them to walk away at least in day one, day two, feeling really good. But onboarding is a long and, and long and grueling process sometimes, right? right? If you right. want to do it well. Go ahead, Ramon. You mentioned a long process. And in its basic sense, we look at it to take place over a period of 90 days. And we try to break it down what the first 30 days look like, mm -hmm. what the, the next 30 days, which is 60 day period looks like. And then overall that that 90 day period, 
what we would do is um, we present it all to you. We show you what it's going to look like in the first few days. It's probably too much information to take all at once. So I let them know, listen, I'm going to give you this information. You don't have to remember it all right now, but this is what your next 90 days is going to look like. And basically the same things that, that James mentioned in his bare bones, it's what your, your job description is, what your, your main tasks and responsibilities are going to look like Mm -hmm. and how all of that ties in to the organization's mission and its vision. So there's consistencies, right? In terms of what you're both talking about. And it's refreshing to hear you both talk about, you know, at least within the first few days that you're sharing the, the vision, the mission of the organization. James, with your marketing background, not surprised you put together a, a presentation. <laughs> uh, but I think that is a key takeaway that uh, we should be doing as managers, right? People are visual learners as well. I think that is uh, missed oftentimes. And the other point that I kind of took away here is, you're right, I think it's important to remind our new employees that it is a long process, Right. The onboarding just isn't a two day type of discussion. It, it, it is a very long mapped out process. Ron, just like you mentioned, kind of walk them through it. I also try to uh, inform our stakeholders that the process that this new hire is also going to go through. Depending on your role, you may engage with other stakeholders in the organization based on that role. They may want to engage with you right away. And so I like to get out in front of things and I send an email out right away welcoming someone. Obviously, you get the announcement that goes out. And then I send the follow-up communication afterwards to a select few that I know they're going to be engaging right away saying, hey, while this person is new and, and here and we need to give them some time to get ready to go. So basically, don't call my people yet for a good, a good 30 days. <laughs> right, okay? right. Let's give them the opportunity. We like to use the term sequestration. So we'll say, um, I'll say to our new employees, we may do a little bit of sequestering for the next 30 to 60 days. And what does that mean? That, that means I'm going to give you the time to learn the information, understand you know, what it is you need to be doing about your job, understand the topics in great depth so that when you do start to engage, you are not feeling as if, you know, everything is coming out of left field, right? You have some solid baseline. You have an idea of where you can point people in the right direction. Maybe there are some questions you can already start to answer, things like that. But you got to give them a little bit of time to be able to get up to speed. It's extremely important to do it that way because on top of prepping the people that they're going to be dealing with and working with, you're, I don't want to say holding your new employee's hand, but you're easing them into it. Like you don't want to run them off. You don't want to scare them. You want them to feel prepared. And onboarding is all about that, making people feel prepared. And the more prepared they feel, the more comfortable they are in their space, the happier they are and the better they eventually perform. It's huge that you're sequestering. I, I, I've never used that term. <laughs> but, it sounds um, harsh, but it, it it's, sounds it's really like not. they're part of a jury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great best practice. And if I'm listening to this and I'm a manager who's potentially going to bring on somebody, you know, you're setting the expectations not only for your employees, but for the cross-functional partners that they're going to be working with. You're right. I, uh, if, if I think back, as soon as I brought on a new employee, it was amazing how all of a sudden their calendars were getting filled with uh, you know, meetings from cross-functional partners. And they didn't even have the chance yet to even get the time to learn or to understand how things work. So I think what you guys are talking about is- It's scary. Yeah. They're walking into meetings and they have no idea what, what they're even talking about. It's a matter of setting 
setting them up for success. So I'm curious, just in terms of the environment we're in right now, right? So I think everything you guys discussed applies regardless, whether it's in a virtual setting or if you're live. I am curious because you guys have onboarded new employees in a virtual setting. Did you come across any differences? Did you have to adapt and approach the onboarding a little bit differently now that you're in a virtual setting? I would definitely say yes. In a live setting, there's very simple things you're just not having anymore in the virtual setting. For example, when you're onboarding in that first week, you're going to have a, a breakfast or a lunch, you know, a welcome breakfast with the team. You're one-on-one -on -one at lunchtime where you get to break bread and just have a conversation and get to know one another. It is different. We all know it's different in the virtual setting. You have to be much more intentful. For example, when I onboarded two new hires recently, we had a, a welcome breakfast virtual call. Grab your favorite croissant, grab a cup of coffee. We are going to get together at least with a couple of leaders in the group and have a quick powwow, good morning, get to know each other. You're missing lunchtime, right? So you're not able to do that. So you have to be much more intentful about how you're going to engage mm -hmm. your new hires uh, in the onboarding process. And even throughout, I mean, it doesn't stop, right? So you have to be just quite thoughtful about that. I try to do is create as much normalcy as possible. It's still a little bit difficult because you don't have that human touch, this, this technology that's kind of uh, blocking the way. Something we talked about was um, how to present yourself via virtual communication. We've all seen like the commercials where um, the guy stands up and he's in his boxers and he's <laughs> he's only dressed from the top up. I guess what I hear you saying is we're adding this new element to the onboarding process that you never really had to worry about before. Right. We're in the office. Everyone's dressed. Everyone's, you know, having these conversations. We're all seeing each other all day. So and that is just normal. And then now I think some of us, some people try to get away with being dressed from the top up. <laughs> right. And uh, Ramon was telling me, would you say someone, someone did happen to either. Yeah. It just so happened that. Um, not position their camera the right someone way. Someone didn't position the camera the proper way. And um, <laughs> as they were maneuvering their phone or whatever device they used to, to zoom in, um, you caught a glimpse of their boxers. Nice. <laughs> which was pretty hilarious. You do get to know your employees much, much better in a different way. A lot more you, yeah. intimately, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Ramon, I'm curious, you know, one of the top concerns that, that I hear from managers about onboarding employees virtually is that it's difficult to communicate those touch points with them, right? And James was kind of alluding to this a little bit too, you know, when you bring a new hire on board, there's a lunch or there's a lot more touch points but now that we're virtually, that's one of the concerns. Is there less touch points? So will things fall through the cracks? Is the new employee going to be missing uh, some of the important communication and discussions that would take place in a live setting? During this pandemic, I, I found I probably communicate more with my team. I'm just, I don't want to say more available because I'm still in back-to-back -back meetings and I'm, I'm still fairly as busy, if not more busy than before. But whereas I would, I would be stuck running from one place to the other or stuck at the end of a meeting just discussing topics with someone else. Um, now, because it's all virtual, my team texts me all the time. And I found that it's a, it's a mode of communication that we barely used if, if ever before, but <laughs> we text all the time now. So oh, dear. Um, interesting. probably more in touch with my team, um, answering questions, talking through problems, moving those roadblocks via text 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think before the before the pandemic, the only time I would text is you know, we're we're running over on this meeting. <laughs> we'll see you in, in in five, right? We'll be right there. Right. Uh, gonna grab lunch before I see you in the next meeting or next conference room. Now it's I've got the command center set up in my office, basically. Where I've got the iPad set up here, uh, two screens, so working, answering text messages, even during meetings. Sometimes we're texting behind the scenes. Because we're thinking about, hey, don't forget to mention X, Y, Z, because that's coming up next on the agenda in this meeting, things like that. So we just hadn't been able to do that before. Um, And it's worked out well now. Team them up. That's actually a great point. The ability to tease someone up (laughs) and just text. And that's exactly what I did. I I had texted someone and say, hey, I noticed three three topics from now you're going to be up. And I just had a conversation with someone about this. So just so you know, and I'd send them a quick blurb on what our conversation was like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'll make sure I'm aware of that or mention that during the conversation, which you can't, I guess you could do in a live setting. You, it's just not, yeah, it's afforded us note. different. What was that? So you can't slip on my note. You can't slip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll look weird. Yeah, <laughs> right. James, are you passing notes in the meeting? So that's a great point. You know, it's uh, almost, it's counter uh, intuitive that the uh, environment has offered maybe other advantages, right? And how we're communicating with our teams. But to some extent, it's also perhaps forcing us to be better communicators, to be more in touch with our employees. I, I probably am using texting now more than ever. Of course, I have to brush up on what some of the abbreviations are because uh, half of them, I have no idea what they're even talking about. But anyway, that's yeah. it's a learning curve. At least for me. Yeah. <laughs> now, Rob, the other part I would add specifically talk about in the onboarding process when it comes to virtual, and I know this is going to sound really basic, but your like your equipment at home mm-hmm. and how you're set up in your home office, especially if you're expected to be on camera. And Ramon, I know you told me you're on camera all the time. Yep. We're we're on camera a lot too, and so you know I've just had recent discussions about hey, what, what should we have in terms of our home office? And I, I proactively checked in and said, let me know what you have or don't have in your home office in this job. My suggestion is you have two monitors. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is you have a separate webcam from your your computer webcam that uh, you have decent lighting, how to sit. And I, and I know they teach these certain skills and everybody's picking it up along the way, but I would make it very intentional in your onboarding program to, to talk about some of those simple things because they do make quite the difference. Talking about being very intentional is what I also view as just really being very clear in your expectations when you're onboarding a new employee, which I think you mentioned this before, James, about, yeah, you want to get to your checklist, but you'd be surprised how many managers don't have an onboarding plan that don't take the time to really be very intentional. I think it's a big miss and employees need that when they're new. I know some managers may be concerned that they might be viewed as a micromanager, but when you're a new employee coming into a new organization, it's what you need. You need the, here's what is expected and how you approach it. It goes back to, you know, what do you want your people to walk away with? You want them to be clear? Do you want them to be foggy? And look, we're not all perfect in the onboarding process as managers either, right? We all have a day that's jam-packed with meetings. You mean well in terms of booking the one-hour meeting to start. And, you know, out of my 20 slides <laughs> that I put together, <laughs> I barely got through half the deck, right? right? So we had to schedule a follow-up call for a few days later. And then as I think through the topic that I covered there, 
I have to now iterate on the future topics that I need to be discussing. I put this checklist together, all the topics I got to get through, who I want them to connect with in the 30, 60, 90 that, that Ramon mentioned. But sometimes things go awry. And you it, so this is where the hard work of onboarding comes back in. You got to go back and iterate all over again. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. What did I leave out? What do we need to talk about next? When can I find time to even talk about that? How often do you meet with a new hire? Ramon, let's go to you. In, in the beginning, I meet with them as much as they need to meet with me. And if that's three times a day, five times a day, it's no problem with me. The, the whole goal is to make them feel as comfortable as possible and to keep them engaged. After they've gotten their feet wet, ideally, I'd like to meet with them at least every week for the first 30 days, mm-hmm. then every other week once we pass that 30-day mark. Sometimes that looks like just a 15-minute huddle where we discuss what's going on, um, anything I can do to help you, uh, any roadblocks that you're hitting, what my expectations are for them to get through the week. James, how about, how about you? Uh, I'm pretty well aligned to that. Yeah. I, I think you know I have one-on-one scheduled weekly right now, and depending on how I feel they're coming along, then we'll, we may you know, put some distance in the cadence there. Mm-hmm. But again, back to this kind of virtual thing, my phone is always on now, right? And I tell the team, even if we have one-on-ones, don't feel like you have to wait until next Thursday for us to chit-chat. And I know, again, that might sound pretty basic, but you got to keep the communication up. And I tell them, no question is too small. Right. Uh, no problem is too small. Make sure you reach out. And if I can't get you uh, the answer that you need, I'll put you in touch with someone. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to your peers that, that are on the team because they can answer some of the questions too, right? So a lot of this is components now of their job and how do I do, who do I contact? And not all of it has to go through the manager. So actually right now I'm onboarding two people along with someone on my team who has the expertise in certain areas that, you know, I I don't do in sort of the day-to-day, right? Mm. Or at least I'd like to not do during the (laughs) day-to-day. So, uh, and not only that, they're learning everything, right? So you want to put them in touch with the right folks who have the most accurate information so that they can get up to speed as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, you know, leveraging other people, certainly uh, other experts either on your team or others, certainly saves you time as well. And it's great to hear you guys say that you, you do even set up the expectations that, you know, no question is too small. Just call me. There is that phenomenon when you're brand new. You know, psychologically, employees are are always hesitant to continuously reach out to their new manager, right? Because they're sitting there thinking, well, I feel like I might be bothering them or they hired me to do the job and they're going to think that I can't do it type of scenario. But as we know, that's a critical piece of it right? They're brand new. There needs to be that constant dialogue. So it's great to set that expectation up and to share it with them that call me. That's what I'm here for. Having a colleague they can they can call on, um, they're probably more comfortable asking that person questions. Very but, true. Um, at least for me, I try to, to make it clear. I'm, I, I don't care how stupid you think the question is, just ask me because they're, they're afraid to look like they don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I think it's it's extremely important to make that clear. What would you say is the biggest challenge right now that you guys are, from from an onboarding perspective of a new employee in the virtual environment, what's the biggest challenge you're dealing with or came across and and were able to overcome? Use of the technology, right? I mean, you mentioned having the right cameras, having the, Mm -hmm. I've gone and 
to a meeting with a new hire and the meeting started five minutes late because they couldn't get the camera to work or the audio was too low or even they had a bad internet connection. When the pandemic first hit, I upped my internet connection and it became worse than it was before. <laughs> so I drop out, I come back in and now my, uh, my cell phone is like my backup internet just in case that goes out. Mm -hmm. But planning for a lot of those things probably would be one of the mm. more difficult things I've dealt with. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting, right? So in the first five to 10 minutes of any meeting, you're usually discussing the weekend, how things went. You're right. Now we're finagling around with all the equipment and tech aspects. Can you hear and, me? Can you see my screen? Mm -hmm. You know, in addition to the, the virtual tech challenge, I would say that keeping the communication, the high levels of communication up is probably a, a big challenge because not everyone is used to a certain level of engagement to begin with. Mm -hmm. You have folks that their, their, their chemical makeup is different. Folks that are very autonomous and those that need a higher level of engagement to begin with, whether you were you know pre-COVID, right? So now you're trying to figure out, well, what does a higher level of engagement look like for this person now, uh, now that we are in the environment that we're in. Mm -hmm. Some of those are basic things like you would figure out that you'd, you'd do with them anyway, once you understand whether, you know, if, if you have the type of organization that uses disk profiles or mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs types, things like that, to, to try to understand your employee a little bit. But now you just have this added layer. So I think the challenge is remember to be cognizant as a manager, as a leader, there are these added elements and don't lose sight of it. Mm -hmm. Even after you get comfortable, you can't lose sight of it. You don't know when this is going to change, right? We're still in sort of ending 2020. When we get into 2021, a lot of companies are still going to probably keep some of these remote policies or evolve their own current policies to allow folks to come to the office less. So you need to be proficient now. Yep. And this isn't just a period in time. This is new ways of working on an ongoing basis. And the better you can get as a professional, as a manager, as a leader at any level, not just like first line, but second line leaders, everyone needs to become proficient. And, you know, as we're talking through this and I reflect back on, on this conversation that we're having, obviously there's the added nuances of the, of the tech and, and managing virtually. And yet a lot of the things you guys shared still are the basics that you would do regardless, right? The planning. The check-ins, the one-on-ones, whether you were virtually, it might be more, but that may not be a bad thing, right? That might be something that is actually helping us to be better leaders. But a lot of the things you guys discussed, setting the expectations, the sharing the, the vision, trying to figure them out and understand their, the way they tick, all things that, that still go back to the basics of what we would be doing when we're onboarding live. All right. Well, one last question for you guys. So if I'm a manager that, and I'm about to onboard an employee, a new employee, what's the one thing that I need to make sure I do? If there's one thing, what would that one thing be? I feel it's pretty important to let your new hire know your management style and how you operate, what you look for, and what you expect from your your new hire um, and to be clear about that. Uh, I think that's something that doesn't happen often. The new hire has to fill it out, <laughs> learn, maybe ask from other employees. But if you're clear on what your management style is and how you operate, I think that you set a good foundation for, um, 
for your new employee. I would agree with that. Well said. I wouldn't change anything about that. And yeah. I would just add, continue to remind them, not just remind them verbally, but in in your actions. So your actions have to match mm. the expectation that you're setting with your employee. You know, if your employees say, hey, do you, do you need me to share my calendar so you can see every single minute on my calendar? That's not, that's not the manager I am. Your calendar is your own. Mm. We're all, you know, big boys and girls here, right? right? So, and so in the future, I would never say, well, what do you have going on on this day that you can't make this meeting? <laughs> so, right. So you can't turn around and do, and do that. So I, I love the idea of absolutely set your expectations, share your management style. Let's stick to your management style. Right. right. And I think it's a it's an excellent point because we're so quick to want to just, you know, roll out the plan, roll out the checklist. Here's what needs to happen by this point in time without really just taking a pause. And uh, I, I think it's it's great advice. You know, share with them here. Here are my expectations. Here's what you can expect. Um, and then also, uh, you know, ask them, what are your expectations of me? What do you need yes. in the first, you know, 30 days or so to be successful? What do you need from me as your manager to make sure that happens, right? So I think that is excellent advice and, and, and it should be the first step is having that, that exchange of dialogue in the first hour. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you both for coming in and jamming with me. As I said, this is a, an incredibly important topic, very relevant in today's new workplace environment. And really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing your best practices. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Rob, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're interested in learning more about the show or how we can assist you through my leadership consulting company, then please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com. 